Over the last year and a half, it has been my absolute pleasure to interview some incredible manufacturing businesses throughout the state of Connecticut on behalf of Manufacture CT. During that time, we have been through a great deal and the Meet the Manufacturers podcast has given people a front row seat in seeing how companies run their businesses and of course, how they navigated a global pandemic and the subsequent supply chain issues. Now, I said at the beginning that the world didn't need another stuffy, stiff business podcast, but something a little more human, more relatable, and that's what we've endeavoured to deliver, along with a fair amount of laughs, to be fair. The Meet the Manufacturers podcast has grown into a hugely popular platform with thousands of listeners. We are on all of the world's biggest podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and TuneIn, just to name a few. So come and take a listen to our best bits over the last 18 months. And if you'd like more information about the organization or to listen to some of the podcasts in full, check out the website, manufacturect.org. But that's enough from me. Let's take a look back at some of our best bits of the Meet the Manufacturers podcast. Tell me a little bit about the projects that you've seen people working on. What have been some of the highlights? In the last three years, we did a big upgrade and really have a lot more to offer. We've moved from hobbyists to supporting a community of actually 440 individuals. Those people, it's all for people who are 18 and up. We're not oriented towards children's programming. We have a hundred different badges, we call them. They're micro-credentials. These are distinct skills that give you access to tools or show that you've learned an additional skill. And there's all sorts of types of people who like to do that. What successes have you seen perhaps members of Makehaven have that's really stuck in your mind? The greatest success that I feel personally is the culture of people helping each other. And the fact that we have volunteers that are willing to be here on a weekly basis. We have 30 volunteers and they help people that have no previous experience get started on these tools and to see the interactions that are happening. I've often had people come back and tell me how welcoming it is and how they were intimidated by something, but then were able to overcome that with some assistance. That was the point of it. And so that is the, the greatest success. We had a member who eventually left us to go work at SpaceX, but had developed a jellyfish-like lamp that was all controlled by an Arduino. So it had these arms that came out and it had silk over top of it and it was lit up and it would randomly move the arms in a way that made it look like a jellyfish. Wow. So that was just very cool. <laughs> Tell me a little yeah. bit about the company and the products that you actually manufacture here in Connecticut. And then we also make tools that are used in the automation and assembly industry for heat sealing parts or for grabbing and moving parts, like the little fingers that go on the end of robot arms. So we're always dealing with other engineers and other companies that are making things. I'm dying to say you give them a hand. Boom, boom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, I guess, your company's place in the manufacturing industry. You're based in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Is that where your main operation is? 
Yes, we have one factory and it's in Bridgeport and has been since 1879. That wow. same build outside of work, I spend a pretty decent amount of time working on trying to help support education and trying to work on improving STEM education in particular, and also to create pipelines for inner city people to find jobs in manufacturing where they can earn good wages and benefits and live a good life. How you got to this point in your career? Have you always been in manufacturing? Was it always written in the stars for you, so to speak? No, and actually I have a little pack of girlfriends who own manufacturing companies like I do, and almost none of them intended to go into <laughs> the manufacturing. Most of them second generation, third generation, never wanted to have anything to do with the company, wanted to go off and do something different and some of them did and then ended up back at their family businesses for one reason or another and then never left because they loved it and that's really my story i they say uh, make plans and god laughs but i do yes. love the fact that you started essentially at the family business as a temp and are now the president <laughs> there's uh, there's something quite endearing about that i do like it <laughs> yeah yeah yep Everything has been reassessed oh. due to last year. It's fascinating. We got our customer service set up to be able to work from home and accounting to be able to work from home and everything. And I'm there at the company and my brother comes in to my office and he opens the door and he goes, uh, <clears throat> you're non-essential. You're going home now. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I know a lot of high-tech manufacturing companies operate in Connecticut and they're desperate for people to know that they're not these smoky factories that their great-grandparents perhaps used to work in that were very unsafe. Is there anything you'd like to add in regards to that? Well, I think first there is sort of a myth that the manufacturing industry is mainly a male field to work in and that, and that females don't really excel or work in this industry and I have found that to be completely fictional. Um, I know a lot of really powerful female leaders in the manufacturing industry and that's only going stronger and stronger each day. And as I said before, I think the other myth is that people think if they have not worked in manufacturing, they cannot work in manufacturing. And I have not found that to be the case. If anything, I think it's exciting and a great idea to welcome and invite people who are outside of the industry to come in with a new set of eyes and a new set of experiences and be able to help contribute to the conversation so that manufacturing continues to evolve and go forward in the future. And I think in Connecticut alone, just from being a part of Manufacturer CT within the last year or so, manufacturing has really become sort of a, almost a family in itself. You can feel somewhat isolated when you're, you know, off at your plant, but if you're a part of an organization or some sort of a, a group of manufacturers like Manufacturer CT, you feel less isolated and you feel more as if there's a community and there's a, a very large manufacturing community in Connecticut. And growing all the time. What would you say has been your biggest success or the thing that you are most proud of throughout your career? I think I'm, I'm most proud of the, uh, the different kinds of challenges that we've overcome as a company. We talked earlier about the success of manufacturing 35 billion potion stamps without a single reject. That was unique. We were the only company in, in the world that I know of that accomplished that. Chris and also mentioned some of the first 
that we had in RFID. Uh, it was a completely new technology to us back in 2003, and we embraced it. And we took a zero defect approach toward manufacture in RFID. Back at a time when 20% of the RFID inlays that we would buy were defective, and we had to produce a 100% reliable product. Those kinds of manufacturing successes are the things I think that uh, that I'm most proud. I would have to say that I'm extremely proud also of the employees of our company because as you can imagine, through the decades, our company has faced various different kinds of challenges, some of them minor, some of them uh, serious, but we've always been able to come together as a team. So you are the president now, you have this lofty title. What does your average day look like? Describe to me your, I guess your role and responsibilities. Right about now, we have some expansion going on and I'm the one building racks and, and driving the, I'm the only one who drives the forklift here. How about that? <laughs> I love it. I love the fact that you're covering all facets of the role. It's uh, it's fantastic to have somebody who's obviously involved in the management of a company, but also very hands-on. What are your predictions about the future of manufacturing? You know, not just with your own business, but in general with manufacturing here in Connecticut. I'm very, very optimistic on manufacturing in Connecticut. I mean, I'm here sitting in Waterbury, the old brass capital of the world. Those factories are being torn down, but what's coming in its place with Industry 4.0, Manufacturing 4.0, with all the high-tech stuff going on and the kind of workforce we have, it's just we need more people and with more people. And if the you know regulators get out of the way and just let us produce, manufacturing's best day is still ahead of it in Connecticut. I was going to ask you that. Is there a fifth generation in the wings, so to speak, ready to take over? <laughs> yeah, they're a little young. You know? The other thing, Claire, is worth mentioning, I think, that not, not only do we have the family aspect and, and our associates are part of our family and we're part of theirs because people are working 30, 40 years with us, our products are so important. We all need cleaner air, cleaner water, climate change is happening, and safety. You know, lots of stuff goes into safety systems, airbags, brake parts. You know, solar cells to make our air cleaner, electric cars, batteries. And so it's a very exciting you know, medical instruments to save lives. When you look back over your entire career within the company, was it everything that you hoped it would be in terms of achievements or contributions that it's made to your life? I met my wife through the company and, uh, you know, we've got a lot of friends through the company and, and you know, I've got uh, obviously no regrets in terms of where I am in life. How does that supply chain affect your business? We follow our customers. If our customers went to Antarctica, we'd probably uh, send Jonathan <laughs> down there to visit them. So, um, Can you tell me a little bit about the, the actual products that you manufacture and ship? Tell me a little bit more about what you actually make. And then the last one is aerospace. You know, I think Chris touched on it before, but really uh, almost every plane that gets made from a Boeing and Airbus has some sort of Ulfric steel metal in it, whether wow. it's... Uh, 2024 will be 100 years, which is an incredible milestone for any business. We've had some employees who've worked for us, uh, their families worked for us for three generations. Wow. So they're truly part of our family. Sitting at one of these dinners with a spouse saying, hey, you know, not only did you help educate my three kids, but 
you know, I've had some serious health issues and your outstanding medical program helped save my life. And, you know, you hear these stories uh, all the time. What would you say has been your biggest success or the thing that you're most proud of in your career? The interaction and the project management and getting people together. I love how we're getting everybody to work together in a more effective manner with technology, with Microsoft Teams and, and with uh, our different software programs and our process there. I love that. I'm very proud of that. And I love working with our new customers, our big customers, making them happy. And You know, you've got Kerry in your surname, in your last name, so it must mean you're important. You're the big <laughs> boss or one of the big bosses. Tell me a little bit about your company and the products that you make. Thank you. So I'm not a big boss yet, but I am in training. Um, my other title is COO, Child of Owner. Um, so <laughs> I love that. Tell me a little bit then about your customer or end users of the products that you make. Who do you service? A small medical case all the way up to a road case, unlike you saw, but we also do sell handles and there are a lot of handles out there. Even I was on a flight home one time and I looked up, there our handle was on an airplane. <laughs> so oh, amazing. The wealth of manufacturers that we have here in Connecticut, we have such a, a rich history of manufacturing and the stories that they tell. It's not always just about the products that they create. It's the stories behind them. You're absolutely right. Tell me a little bit about the management structure and the employee culture at Cary. So something that I really like about working here is that we are really close and if you want to have a conversation or have a question with anyone, all doors are open. We're all working together as a team and I think that is something that people really enjoy about working here and it makes you feel valued and also part of the family. So I'm about yes. to interview him too. <laughs> he is. So um, Paul is absolutely wonderful. He actually is very close to the family. He's actually my uncle. He married oh. my mom's sister. We are oh. not above nepotism here. <laughs> Um, what are some of your biggest successes or the things that you are most proud of? And it could be personally or it could be within the company. So we had to basically re-engineer how we made every single part that was made in China. And it has taken years. And I'm very proud to say that we're probably about, I would say, 90% reshored at this point. Wow. Um, and it's something that I'm very, very proud of. What about yourself, Ciara? Your uh, greatest successes or things that you're most proud of? I would say that my greatest success is knowing the whole product catalog. <laughs> Just kidding, but it's seventy. It's seventy thousand parts, and when I just as I, I feel like, the need, I want to test you now. Seventy thousand. I feel like you should be on Ellen or something. Show you like a little tiny part of one of your uh, products, and you have to name it. We'll see if we can get you on the show. <laughs> what are your predictions about the future of manufacturing? and doing business in the state of Connecticut. You know, making technology more accessible to small and medium manufacturers. There's all of these different chambers of commerces and manufacturer CT and CCAT and all of these different organizations around the state that are working and actively working to help make small manufacturing better and to increase job opportunities within the state. I cannot speak highly enough of these organizations and what they've done for us. Could you tell us uh, a little bit about, I guess, the management and the employee culture and values that you have within the company. I think if I look at what I'm most proud of is we've been, prior to the pandemic, we were a top place to work in Connecticut for four years in a row. And I wow. think it's all about the culture. 
<laughs> you know, my father worked until two days before he died. My grandfather worked till the day he died. So at 55, people are going to see me around here for at least another 30 years. And <laughs> hopefully I can keep contributing. Goodness me. Uh, you have great humility about your achievements. And I think any company that manages to get to a sixth generation, there is definitely something intrinsically very good and solid about the core of that business. So no, credit to you. How has your business been affected by, I guess, the supply chain issues that we're seeing all over the world at the moment? And have you seen a resurgence of, of Buy American? And what's your industry like? Is there a lot of overseas imports or is there you know, a fairly steadfast customer base for Buy American? Like I said, we were able to, you know, maintain our headcount. You know, there were no reductions in force and we kept everybody busy and basically at the same pace that we were at previously. Again, managed our, our customer base, managed our suppliers and made sure that we were, you know, building for upside of the curve when we did come out of COVID. We hope you're enjoying this special episode of Meet the Manufacturers podcast as we take a look back over some of our best bits. If you like the sound of what we are doing, please support us by sharing and subscribing to our podcast today. And if you would like to know more about the incredible work of the Manufacture CT organization, then visit the website, manufacturect.org. But for now, let's get back to some of our best bits. People explore different areas of the business. They can develop and grow their skills. There really is career progression within manufacturing, and particularly here in Connecticut, I've found. We are unique here because we have really, like I said, skilled, really educated manufacturers that border on engineering. It's interesting you should say that. I think essentially what you're saying is that Connecticut has the best manufacturing companies and the best manufacturing skilled yeah. workforce in the country and probably the world. We're just going for it. What about doing business in the state of Connecticut? Have you got any predictions for the future, not just of the technology side of manufacturing, but also of that supply chain and that local or, or national outlook in the future? Once a month, I'm getting an application from a young, incredibly skilled, incredibly talented, incredibly motivated machinist who's looking for a place to grow roots, a place to learn, a place to be trained, and they're interested. So I think that the opportunity for uh, what the next generation can do is endless. Oh, it's exciting times. Why should they even explore it? You know, they could do anything with their lives. Why should they choose manufacturing? Why would you recommend it to newbies, to people on their way? It's a lot of things to learn here, good things. You can also build stuff like the stuff that product that we built. It's been 20 plus years and I still go outside and see our products and be like, I tell my family, they, they know already. We built that. We, <laughs> I made we that. Built that. I made that. Yeah. <laughs> It's exciting times. I've got to be honest, I've read a number of articles about obviously using drones to deliver goods to people in major cities. Is that something that you've been involved with in any way? You know, some of these services obviously benefit society more than others. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, on the delivery side of things, you could get as Mundine has, you know, delivered dog food, but there are also some, you know, really true life saving applications like the delivery of human tissue and organs, which uh, we were part of. That is absolutely incredible, truly. What do you love about your job most of all? But here we are today, having built that, you know, ecosystem, entire ecosystem, end-to-end -end continuum of, of drone services, where it has now become more of a galaxy, if you may, that we can entertain, you know, business activities from companies that are totally not related to our plan, but nonetheless, 
can be incorporated into our business flow or the products can be you know paired into our our system or paired to our cloud to provide you know continuity of service incredible barry the sky really is the limit boom boom <laughs> how has it affected your daily position there you know has it made any impact into your your roles and responsibilities on a daily basis um you know like what jim said just the safety and well-being of the employees this company puts so much into your well-being and how you take care of your family and stuff like that and i personally could say that i love this family with all my heart Crikey, it sounds like I need to apply for a job. I don't know about anything else. Well, Claire, if that day comes, just take all the Earl Grey you could drink. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, I'd be a kid in a sweet shop. Um, He's an outstanding example of hard work, perseverance, and initiative paying off. Wow, check it out. We should make this your professional review. You know, your annual review here, Manny. Is this where you ask for a pay rise, yeah? I can help you. I could be your agent, perhaps. Thank you. <laughs> what are some of the top facts and figures, I guess, and, and real selling points of Connecticut and manufacturing in our state? We are a high-value, low-volume manufacturing state. We have processes and procedures that our companies follow that are, are demanded from the aerospace industry that make us an ecosystem of very, very high quality and precision manufacturing, not only from a parts standpoint, but also from a process standpoint. I think the future is quite bright for Connecticut. I think the future is quite bright for innovation. And um, I think Connecticut will be in a good place in the next 20 to 50 years. Tell me a little bit about what you guys actually do. Virtual reality, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, PCB creation, board creation. So we sit right at that intersection. So you don't do much then? Yeah, a feet up, margaritas <laughs> in the afternoon, you know. <laughs> Tell me about doing business in Connecticut, you know, because it's not the easiest state, you know, it's an expensive state to play in. That's what Makerspace CT is doing. It's giving people the opportunity to take ownership of developing something and that is infectious it translates down to their children suddenly these skills translate directly to our engineering and manufacturing of products and there's a bright bright future here in connecticut and we're just a piece of it and and as long as we all play nice together and we give the people what they need and not always just teach to the test, but teach to the need. I think that we have a bright future and we can really pinpoint that direction of manufacturing any way we want to go as Connecticut. We're high cost, but we're high value as well. The workforce in Connecticut and the knowledge and skills of our workforce is our greatest asset. And that's worth a tremendous value. Has your career been everything that you hoped it would be? I love the fact that it's taken a few twists and turns along the way. And I'm sure you've picked up so many skills in different industries to get you to this point. But has manufacturing delivered for you in the way that we talk about it delivering for these young people, people returning to work or looking to get into manufacturing? It certainly has. As my wife likes to say, I was tragically born without a rearview mirror, but I have a very oversized windshield. <laughs> <laughs> which means I love to look to the present and the future and I don't really ever look to the past, but I always appreciate the lessons that I've learned along the way and the opportunities that have been presented to me that have gotten me to where I am today. 
these companies are doing something right when you have multiple generations within the same family working at the same establishment. That's a really good point. It's also nice to see like at Schmidt, we have situations where it's an entire family, it's kids, it's parents. I mean, it's really generations of family members all working on the same shift around the production floor. So Goodness it's, me, you wouldn't want me and my family on the same shift, I'll tell you that. <laughs> You'd need HR to sort us out. I'm just curious as to what you guys think about the, the future, I guess, of our, our reopening. And has business changed forever or are we going to get back to that 84% positivity look into the future? Can't be worse than last year, right? <laughs> Surely not. Surely not. <laughs> So it's a fantastic cross-section of sort of the, the business community. And is it is it countrywide, I assume? So we have a pretty good array of, of companies, sizes, and all across the country. Was it always the plan to work in the family business? Probably the exact opposite. I was going my own way. <laughs> what's your management culture like at the business? And what's the employee culture like and the values within your business? How would you describe it? We really like to encourage people to speak up from the first person in the, in the door to the highest person in the company, because if you're working that job eight hours a day, you're the person that, that, that knows what kind of improvements need to be made. You know, it's not really a top-down managerial approach where, you know, we tell you what to do. We actually, you know, still that way in a sense of guiding people, but, but really the improvement ideas should come from the people that are working the job every day in the manufacturing industry. You're a big organization. Since we started, our product has gone down at over 265 billion square foot of wow. uh, tile, stone, and other wow. flooring installations. And break that down a little bit more, that's about, if I did my math right, and hopefully I did being an engineer, it's about 6.1 million acres when you look at it that way, which is slightly, slightly larger than the state of Massachusetts. That is but, incredible. <laughs> you know, what a statistic. You've tiled Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. Did you always plan on working in the company business or did you ever plan to escape and did you ever take a different route? I was never pressured to come into the family business and it was not the path I thought I would find myself on. But after working for a big company where you're, you know, a cog in the wheel. I just realized what a fabulous opportunity that uh, I would be passing up if I didn't try it out. So talked with my father, we decided I'd do a one year test period and, and see how it went. And by maybe the end of the first week, I knew that I was never gonna leave. So it's been a really great career for me. Tell me a little bit about your company the, and the products that you make. We're not just going to the space station, we're going far beyond that. We're up in Mars, we're on both rovers that are crawling around on the uh, Martian surface, doing samples, etc. We've been very involved with the drilling systems, with the core drills, etc. So it's very exciting for us to hear about that in the news in real time and know that the things we were touching uh, more than a year ago, because it's a nine month trip to get there, are now actually being used and we really get a great kick out of that. That is wild. It truly is. In fact, I go as far as to say is it's out of this world. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a dad joke. It's a dad joke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what do you really like about your current job or the industry? And where is this company heading in the next, say, five or, or 10 years, pandemic pending, of course? So 
What I enjoy most about my job right now is being able to introduce and build sustainable practices and products in the U.S. supply chain and the response that we, we've been getting from customers. I enjoy the very much the teamwork that we have to make that happen. We develop products for the future by focusing on products that are sustainable and, and we're winning market share with that. We've always liked the idea of making good quality products here in Connecticut and then pushing them out to the global market. And we continue to look for more and more opportunities to do that. So if I've been on a boat, chances are I've come into contact with a Dimension Polyant product. Is that pretty much fair to say? That is fair to say. If you've been on a sailboat, one part of that process in the sails, so out of, let's say there's five sails on the boat, something out of that is going to have something from Dimension Polyant. Well, it sounds like you're expanding at such a rate, they're going to have to rename Bristol Novo Precision. I think you need the town named after you at this rate. Maybe the street. Maybe the street. I think that will be a good shout. Any predictions then about the future of manufacturing, I guess, in your view? You know, I think doing business in the state of Connecticut has gone very well for us, and I hope to continue to do it for many more years. Fabulous. How do you feel the pandemic has affected the business or, or indeed has it affected the business? Have you had any issues, for example, with the supply chain or getting products out to your customers? Do-it-yourself market has been a real boost to our business and a variety of our, you know, 16 plus end uses, we call them, have grown very significantly in the past year. You have to tell me what's been your favorite Mad Ed creation. I need to know now. You know, in the barn, he created this fan out of uh, stereo parts and brake pads. And cool. And it's very cool looking. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't really work very well, uh, but <laughs> it's very cool looking. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to be a fan. It was meant to be a piece of art. Come on. And it is. It, everybody notices it and it's like, wow, that. Tell me a little bit about, was it always the plan to work in manufacturing? Microboard started by servicing talking teddy bears, the old Teddy Ruxpin. Oh my God, I remember them. Yeah, so we would get those in, repair them, <laughs> and stitch them up, make sure their eyes were working and their beaks were talking and we'd ship them back. And, uh, you know, so that's a very humble beginning to now building the communication system for the Pentagon. Do you get involved with local projects? There must be things that Bauer has touched locally, other than obviously that room at the University of Hartford. We're uh, involved, you're right, with the University of Hartford, Funxus Community College. We get involved with a lot of charitable type events. Um, the United Way is one that comes to mind where uh, every year we have Day of Caring and we take a team of people, it could be 10 or even 15 or 20 of our employees and put them on a, a project somewhere in the community. The last several years, we've um, taken care of the, cleaned up the grounds and all the landscaping for the New England uh, Clock Museum right here in Bristol. We've done some Habitat for Humanity programs. We always have a drive of some sort, a toy drive or a food drive in our cafeteria for some local organization. So it really is important to us to stay involved with the community and give back to the community. But the All Next company is global. Tell me a little bit about the structure, Frank, of where your headquarters are and where you have other sites. 
Sure. So our global headquarters are in Frankfurt, Germany. We have 33 manufacturing facilities across the globe. We have uh, 4,000 employees worldwide, about 500 in the U.S. supporting the facilities here in the U.S. Do you have any predictions about the future of manufacturing as a whole? So the thought that working in a factory was hard work and risky work is really no longer the case. And hopefully our youth, our next generation will continue to recognize that and make their way back into manufacturing roles because they can really be really rewarding, you know, not just financially, not just from a lifestyle standpoint, but just from what you experience in these types of roles. How would you describe your company's place in the manufacturing industry? You have an illustrious and very long history. Are there key competitors around the world that, that you know that you're up against, if you like? Oh, sure. There are always tool manufacturers. What's interesting about our operation, we're, we are considered one of the largest U.S.-based independent tool manufacturers that's capable of servicing the evolving needs of the automotive electrical, electronic, cable TV, plumbing and heating industries. Many of the uh, products, designs and patents developed over the years have set the stage for creating industry standards and actually what our competitors' products look like. Absolutely, a real market leader, Mick. That's amazing. Tell me a little bit then about your plans. So we're coming out of this pandemic, we're moving into spring, summer. Tell me about your plans, both personally and professionally, I guess. Um, Reading. Personally, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be 65 this year. No way. I know. So it's crazy. And I can't wait to get Medicare (laughs) and get get me off of the company's (laughs) health insurance so we don't have to pay for me anymore. Um, Tell it like it is, Kathy. Tell it like it is. (laughs) Well, that's a wrap. Well, for now, at least. I would like to thank each and every company and guest for helping to make the Meet the Manufacturers podcast so diverse and fun to work on. And a special thanks to the board of Manufacture CT for entrusting this project to me and the fabulous team we have at Red Rock Branding. If you want to find out more about the organisation or join the organisation, please visit the website manufacturect.org and maybe our next guest on the show will be you. Thanks for listening.